Thank you for tuning into this episode of Think Back, Insights into Axial Spondyloarthritis. This podcast is sponsored by Novartis U.S. Medical Affairs. The speakers have been compensated for their time. This program is intended for healthcare professionals. Welcome to this episode of Think Back, Insights into Axial Spondyloarthritis. I'm Dr. Hillary Norton, the Medical Director of Santa Fe Rheumatology, a private practice in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I completed my internal medicine and rheumatology training at the University of New Mexico. I'm the principal investigator in multiple clinical trials. My passion is raising awareness for spondylitis, and I've done extensive media work on this topic. I'm an active member of Spartan, the Spondylitis Research and Treatment Network, and I lecture worldwide on the topics of rheumatoid arthritis, AXPA, and psoriatic arthritis. Thank you. I'm Amanda Mixon. I'm a PA and native of Michigan. I received my Bachelor of Science degree in Health Studies from Michigan State University and my Master's in Physician Assistant Studies from University of New England. I've worked in the field of rheumatology for 15 years, including being the first PA in the rheumatology division at Northwestern Medicine in Chicago. During the last several years, I've been active in leadership in the medical community in Colorado and have contributed significantly to updating laws and regulations related to PAs who practice in the state. In 2019, I co-founded RAP, or Rheumatology Advanced Practice Providers, which is a national organization for PAs, nurse practitioners, and PharmDs practicing in the area of rheumatology. I've lectured extensively on a national level and have taught medical, pharmacology, and PA students. On today's episode of Think Back, Insights into Axial Spondyloarthritis, we will be discussing sex differences in the presentation of axial spondyloarthritis, or AXPA. Specifically, we will be discussing how sex differences in disease presentation can make the diagnosis even more challenging. To start off, why don't we talk about some basics and talk about whether AXPA is really a predominantly male disease? What do we know about sex differences in prevalence of the AXPA in the general population? Overall, the prevalence of AXPA is about 0.7 to 1.4% in the United States. And this range depends on the criteria that are used to diagnose it. AXPA used to be thought of as a predominantly male disease, and early studies showed a male-to-female ratio of 10 to 1, and later about 3 to 1. But in non-radiographic AXPA, which is early disease in which changes are not yet visible on x-ray, but may be on MRI, the prevalence is about the same. Interestingly, research have, researchers have found that over the last 40 years, the disease occurrence ratio among males and females equalizes in the Swiss population. So the male to female ratio used to be about 2.6 to one in 1980, but at the end of 2016, the ratio was nearly one to one. So non-radiographic AXPA is equally prevalent among the sexes. And it seems like this may be the case for AXPA overall, at least in recent years. How do you think the belief of AXPA was primarily male disease impacts women? Well, because of this myth of AXPA being a predominantly male disease, healthcare providers lack familiarity with the disease in women. This is thought to contribute to delay in diagnosis of AXPA. Even though the age of onset for men and women is about the same, women tend to have a longer delay in diagnosis compared to men. Specifically, women have a diagnostic delay of about nine to 14 years compared to a delay of five to seven years for men. That's a substantial difference. Do you think there are other factors that are contributing to this longer delay to diagnosis among women with AXPA? 
Some of the other factors that could be contributing to diagnostic delay among women is that females have slower radiographic progression of the disease, and there are sex differences in peripheral and axial symptom presentation. These differences in symptom presentation, combined with healthcare providers being less familiar with the pre presentation of AXFA among women, can lead to misdiagnosis? That does seem to be the case. In women, symptoms like low back pain, morning stiffness, or sleep disorders linked to pain are sometimes misdiagnosed as fibromyalgia, even if they coexist with enthesitis and peripheral arthritis. Women with SPA may also be referred to gynecology, surgery, gastroenterology, or psychiatry. Let's circle back to sex differences in symptom presentation. To start with peripheral symptoms, according to one study, ulcerative colitis and enthesitis are more common in women compared to men with AXPA. However, inflammatory back pain, uveitis, psoriasis, dactylitis, and Crohn's disease were found to be equally common. Some other studies, however, have found women to have higher prevalence of severity of psoriasis and dactylitis. What about axial symptoms? Axial pain in the thoracic, lumbar, and sacroiliac joint regions is often more prevalent in women. Furthermore, at disease onset, women actually present with inflammatory back pain less frequently than men, but also present with more pelvic, heel, and widespread pain at diagnosis. So to sum this up, women with AXPA have differences in symptom presentation overall, where they may more frequently have ulcerative colitis and enthesitis and pain in the thoracic, lumbar, and sacroiliac joint regions. Women also seem to have a different progression of symptoms with less inflammatory back pain at disease onset, but more widespread pain throughout the course of the disease. What about the differences we might see in diagnostic imaging? We do see differences here as well. Overall, men are more likely to have overall worse radiographic progression of the disease as compared to women. There are also some differences in location of radiographic progression. Men have more progression in the lumbar spine, whereas women have worse progression in the cervical spine. Are there any other sex differences that our radiology colleagues may see in patients with AXPA? There are some sex differences in axial imaging. When looking at MRIs, women are more likely to show inflammatory lesions in the sacroiliac joint and in the spine. However, men are more likely to show any positive imaging and are more likely to have syndesma fights. Also, women have lower bath ankylosing spondylitis radiology index scores overall and have less thoracic and lumbar spine severity. Dr. Norton, what do you think are some challenges that healthcare practitioners may face in diagnosing this disease among women? Well, we already spoke about the differing clinical presentations of AXPA in men and women, so let's continue on with some important diagnostic pitfalls in imaging. Imaging of sacroiliac joints through MRI can usually help support the diagnosis of non-radiographic AXPA and show active bone marrow lesions, even if positive MRI findings are not absolutely necessary for diagnosis. But in pregnancy, there may be sacroiliac bone marrow edema, and it can last as long as a year after delivery. Also, women after pregnancy might have ileitis condensans with bilateral sclerotic lesions around the SI joints, which may be accompanied by low back pain and SI joint tenderness. This may make it more difficult to find evidence of non-radiographic AXPA around pregnancy and the postpartum period. What comorbidities do you look out for and manage in your patients with AXPA, and how do these differ in men and women? 
Healthcare providers should be aware of some differences in comorbidities, including higher risk of cardiovascular disease among men and postmenopausal women. Additionally, even though the risk of osteoporosis is equal among men and women, some still think of osteoporosis as a female condition, and so in young males, it may be underdiagnosed. Many of the classification criteria also talk about the HLA-B27. Are there any differences in this marker between men and women? Yes, human leukocyte antigen B27 or HLA-B27 positivity is more common among male compared to female patients with AXPA. Disease burden is an important part of the patient's overall experience with the disease. How does AXPA affect your patients, Amanda? Well, women more frequently experience higher disease burden than men and have higher overall impact of the disease on their daily life. This includes fatigue, spinal pain, joint pain or swelling, enthesitis, and duration of morning stiffness. Additionally, women have higher tender joint counts, swollen counts, worse disability scores, higher impairment while working and activity, as well as higher erythrocyte sedimentation rate or SED rate, which is a marker of inflammation. So Dr. Norton, if you were to give our listeners a take home message, what would the message be? What should healthcare providers who are the primary point of contact for patients be on the lookout for in their practice? Well, one important take-home message for healthcare providers is that AXPA is not a predominantly male disease, as it was once thought. Women with AXPA usually have a longer diagnostic delay, and it's important to be aware of how differently the disease presents between men and women in order to reduce time to diagnosis. Compared to men, women with AXPA more frequently have ulcerative colitis and enthesitis, and their pain presents differently, including more frequent pain in the thoracic, lumbar, and sacroiliac joint regions, and less inflammatory back pain, which tends to be insidious, improves with exercise, and is characterized by prolonged morning stiffness. I would like to add that the burden of disease seems to be particularly high in women. Also, it's important for healthcare providers to be aware of the radiographic and biological marker differences in AXPA to provide a timely and accurate referral to rheumatology. Making decisions about referral to rheumatology is discussed in more detail in another episode of this podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Think Back, Insights into Axial Spondyloarthritis. Other episodes of this podcast feature further information about AXPA, its symptoms, referral tools, and distinguishing inflammatory back pain from mechanical back pain.